So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So today we're once again gonna talk about parenting and um, I think it's still a little bit of an interesting thing and yes I do have to use a fucking t-shirt because I can't find um, my other pop filter thing. Um, I hope that this is fine but I really doubt that it is. So let's do it differently, let's do it like this. Now I should be fine. Um, the thing is I'm not a parent and um, the is it a problem that I'm not a parent but still going through parental books and books about parenting? Um, I don't think that it is a problem. Uh, we could discuss about it being sensical or not because uh, I'm not quite sure. But, really big but, um, I don't know, I think I've also gotten parented and maybe I'm just seeing some things and maybe it's just opening my eyes and maybe it's just opening my eyes in a way that I then say like, well, um, yes, uh, this is quite me and um, I think understanding things and also especially recognizing things first of all is something that's incredibly important because if you don't recognize things then there is no fucking way you can do something about that but yeah um, I think we're just gonna go ahead with reading research shows that parents emphasis on achievement is linked to their children's maladaptive perfectionist strivings maladaptive, uh, maladaptive perfectionism that is perfectionism that impairs functioning the child who can't sleep, who throws up or who feels illness because he is anxious about a test is highly correlated with depression and also suicide. And I mean, I gotta have to say, like, this is something that I felt as well, but not necessarily because of my parents, I guess, you know, just I think because of I just want to be good. But this could also be like, um, I don't know, neglecting to, uh, to, to, to see those things, it's, you know, could also be the case, I don't know. Adolescent suicide is often precipitated by a perceived failure. At school, with parents, or in a relationship, adolescents are idealistic, idealistic and highly self-critical. Additional parental pressures to meet harsh performance demands, while perhaps temporarily successful in driving academic achievement, are ultimately destructive. This does not mean that high expectations for children are potentially lethal. On the contrary, high expectations are found to promote achievement and competency in children yes definitely the case and i think this is definitely also something that happened to me you know if there are high expectations in terms of grades then you are just gonna do more and it's a very interesting thing uh, it is when a parent's love ex is experienced as conditional on achievement that children are at risk for serious emotional problems these are children who are driven to be perfect quote unquote in hope of gone what garnering parental love and acceptance. Their inviolable missteps activate intense feelings of shame and hopelessness. And this is a very important part, I think. And and I gotta have to say, it just really does make sense. And I do really also kind of think that there is neither a good or bad thing. And it just also heavily depends on the child. Uh, child, I'm sorry. And it just also heavily depends on so many different factors, like the environment, if there is some other shit going on in the child's life, whether it is like some divorce shit or whether it is um, death of family member, something like that, for example. Um, if it is that, then um, then yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, there are so many different factors. And I think this is one of the hardest things to... Um, to, to figure out, I think, you know, whether just a very 
certain thing is the cause of something or if it is something completely different or if it is kind of the combination of all of those things that um, we are experiencing, that we are seeing, that we are just whatever. Um, parents can be over-involved and children can still feel isolated. Controlling and over-involved parents typically leave kids feeling angry or alienated, neither of which is conductive to emotional closeness. And it is emotional closeness, material warmth in particular, that is close that is as close as we got to a silver bullet against psychological impairment. I fucking see. Yeah, I think I think so. You know, closeness has always been a, a just really important thing, you know, since you've been a really, really tiny embryo or child. Yeah. <laughs> These parents certainly want the best for their children, but they want it in a mechanistic way. They want buns pushed and pushed quickly so that their kids get better with life effort. With little effort. Um, but helping troubled kids takes a long time and what these kids really need are their parents themselves. Kids who don't feel close to their parents are unlikely to confide in them and affluent parents have to be alert to the fact that as a group we underestimate the impact of our absences and overestimate the degree of closeness our children feel toward us. For example, parents need to remember their kids love rituals and depend on them for a sense of continuity and connection. Perhaps the single most important ritual a family can observe is having dinner together. Families who eat together five or more times a week have kids who are significantly less likely to use tobacco, alcohol or marijuana, have higher grade point averages, less depressive symptoms and fewer suicide attempts than families who eat together two or fewer times a week. Um, for me, it is actually the case that I most often eat alone, um, especially when it is in the evenings. You know, my dinner is always, 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 always alone. Um, on the weekends, we do have lunch together most often. Yes, yes, really most often. And it just really depends on whatever is cooked, because if it is something that I don't want to eat or just don't eat, then, um, yeah, it's going to be a bit different. But if it is something that I can eat and want to eat and just feel good by eating, then I'm also going to do so. What's so wrong with putting pressure on kids to achieve? After all, failed educational experiments like Summerhill, the flagship of quote-unquote, to do your own thing. Quote. Um, education in the 1960s suggests that left to their own devices, kids are not necessarily disciplined or even creative learners. Well-developed autonomy allows kids to reliably and confidently see the world through their own eyes without fear of disappointed, disappointing their parents. Yes, yes. The effect of materialism. Pretty interesting, but it is like, why? Why now? You know, why does this play a role now? Anyway, materialism is not the same as having money. As we have seen, once basic needs are met, there is no relationship between money and happiness. Materialism, on the other hand, does predict the lack of happiness and satisfaction. 13. Materialism. Oh, I think it is page 13. Materialism is a value system that emphasizes wealth, status, image, and material consumption. It is a measure of how much we value material things over other things in our lives, like friends, family, and also work. It keeps us wedded to external measures of accomplishment for a sense of self-prestige, power, money for adults, grades, clothes, and electronics for kids. Beginning in the 1990s, a majority of students say that making a lot of money has become the most important reason to go to college, outranking both the reasons above as well as becoming, quote-unquote, an authority in my field or quote-unquote helping others in difficulty. This shift in values among college students takes place at the same time that rates of depression, suicide and other psychological problems have risen dramatically among this group. And I gotta have to say, friends 
then people around you are the most important thing that you ever have in your entire fucking life. Being alone sucks. Being alone makes you feel fucking bad. Period. Research clearly shows that our own levels of materialism profoundly affect our children's level of materialism. When parents, mothers in particular, value financial success more than affiliation, community or self-acceptance, they are likely to have children who share these values as well. Materialists Uh, materialist kids have lower grades and higher rates of both depression and substance abuse than non-materialistic kids. Because advertising is designed to first make us feel insecure and then solve our insecurity by offering products, it is particularly problematic for adolescents who already feel terrible insecure. Adolescent girls in particular are vulnerable to the siren song of materialism and consumerism because they are more likely to be in the marketplace than boys. Are they? I do think, by the way, that the book is relatively old. So I don't know. It might just also be a very, um, I don't want to say old belief, but it is just something that we thought about some years ago and it was okay to think about this some years ago, but now it is like, hmm, I'm not sure whether this is like the best thing you can say. Parents need to reinforce with their children the reality that it is not external things that help them to handle difficulty difficult things or difficult things, rather it is the development of internal resources that provide a safety net when they are struggling. And this is totally, totally, totally the truth. If you're able to just um, deal with things, then it is good. You know, you don't need external things. You don't need some things to happen. You just uh, need to think about things in a different way. You need to see things in a different way. And this is definitely a message to myself because today I'm actually not feeling that well. And I haven't also been feeling that well I think yesterday or something. I I haven't been sleeping that much, and I also haven't been sleeping that well. And I I don't know. It is uh, strange times for me, and it is uh, really interesting times for me. Um, but I think it's gonna be better the next week because I'm gonna do uh, my driver's license, and this incorporates or evolves just quite a few lessons um, in terms of. Uh, okay, I have to go to school, you know, to driving school and shit like that. And yeah, anyway, anyway, uh, because money and material objects are plentiful in comfortable families, they often become the default motivator when parents want to change their child's behavior. This is a disastrous approach on two counts. First, it models materialism to the child. Second, it can be very seductive to teens who are still shoring up their judgment and impulse control. Maybe I'm gonna watch a movie today. I'm gonna see. I do feel like that this is gonna be something that I'm gonna talk about the next episode. Kids finding meaning in work. Internal motivation is the generator that propels children to figure out their particular interests, abilities, and passions. Internal motivation is not tied to rewards, it is what drives kids to engage in activities that are satisfying for their own sake. It is the basis of all true learning. When external measures of success are all the kids can think about their ability to find meaning in their work is diminished. Being passionate about the grades is not the same as being passionate about Faulkner, calculus, or the periodic table of the elements. Parents need to reassure that their children that, that they will not die poor and lonely if they don't get into honors, math, or become school valedictorians, valedictorian or go to Harvard. I see, very interesting. And the last one is going to be autonomy, and this is also going to be then the end of this episode.
Autonomy. Kids need to be encouraged to, quote-unquote, think for themselves, to incorporate the point of view of parents and teachers and peers, and then be able to formulate their own point of view. And I think this is very important to just have your own point of view and to just see things in your light and um, then also say what you want to say and say what you have to say and say what you feel saying. Self-efficiency uh, is the belief that we can successfully impact our world, unlike self-esteem, which is concerned with judgments of self-worth. Self-efficiency is concerned with judgments of personal cap capability. A child who feels helpless to change anything about his situation is liable to feel apathetic or even depressed. Clearly, the child who speaks to the teacher has a better chance of having his grade considered or reconsidered. But even if this grade remains the same, he is more likely to feel that he gave it a shot. Quote unquote. Anxiety and its frequent companions over-evolved and intrusion combine to make a particularly lethal combination. This parenting style makes the children hesitate hesitant to actively approach a world that the parent portrays as dangerous and as consequence it limits children's natural eagerness to try out new and challenging experiences. Parents help their children develop self-management skills by setting limits, modeling self-control and being clear about the value of tolerating frustration, delaying gratification and controlling impulses. The ability to self-manage effectively is a great predictor of both psychological adjustment and academic achievement. By allowing them to, uh, to, occasionally, to get occasionally bruised in childhood, we are helping to make certain that they don't get broken in adolescence. And by allowing them their failures in adolescence, we are helping to lay the groundwork for success in adulthood. There's a lot of very important things there. Uh, really important things there. And I think, I don't know. I think parenting really boils down to... I mean, these are very, very, very difficult decisions. You know, just don't get me wrong. It's not something that's very easy because... I sometimes feel like that that uh, the bad you can temporarily give to a child can be something good. And I'm not fucking talking about abuse or some shit. I talk about like, okay, if the kids want to have something, just not giving it to them. And or uh, the kids um, feeling bad and um, just letting this pass on and or just letting this... Uh, really sunk in and letting them feel that, okay, you can also feel bad and you can also feel just sadness and all that shit. Um, I don't know. I do believe that sometimes bad things can lead to very good things in the end. And I do think that he also communicated that in the book there. But yeah, I gotta have to highlight this one as well. But yeah, I think that I'm gonna end this episode there. So I wish you the best health of happiness and all success and also hope that you're gonna remind yourself and you're gonna be remembered, which basically means your legacy and basically means just being a nice person and then also being remembered as a nice person, which is a pretty fucking cool thing. Three other questions that I'm having for you are, why are you here? What are you trying to change and what is bothering you the most? These three questions are hopefully gonna show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea, which is a pretty fucking cool thing, I guess. Another question that I have for you is, what could you particularly say that is really going to change somebody's life? Because I believe that we all can say something and that we all can just, um, yeah, communicate something. And with that being said, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart and I'm hopefully going to see you the next time. So, bye-bye.